Hi there, Let's Talk Sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk New York Sports. And I'm joined, as I am every Friday, by my co-host, Keith Engel from TGI Sports Talk here on North East Streaming Sports. Thanks for joining me today, Keith. Great to be here with you, Dan. As always on a Friday, it's a beautiful, sunshiny day here. It's cold, but the sun is shining, and it's much higher in the sky. You can almost feel spring in the air, even though it's cold. But it's yeah. fun. I mean, um, spring may be in the air. We won't have much uh, spring praying going on, but we'll get to that later in the show. And before we get started, how did well, you... you just want to take me off all the way around today, right? I was going to say, I would imagine there'll be a little rant later on, but um, all good things come to those. What, wait, how did your show with Carlos go earlier? Are you serious? Uh, we, we didn't talk about this before we went on air. We had, um, shall we say, other matters to talk yeah. about, like you, you world me you're politics. You me up the next hour, and then you mentioned a baseball strike, <laughs> and first thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, lockout. It's not a strike. <laughs> Uh, the show today went well. We uh, we dove into uh, the beginning of March Madness, which you know most people think of that as the NCAA tournament itself. But Madness really starts with the NCAA, NCAA conference tournaments, and he and I dove into some topics about uh, that. Um, you know, what are the automatic bids ought to go to the people that win the tournaments or the people that won the regular season title? And um, some of the, we had some debate on who's stronger conferences overall and, and how some of those conference uh, tournaments we expect to play out and how many bids will come from each conference. And we had a great, great uh, conversation. And uh, it's an exciting time uh, with no baseball, as you said. Uh, there's still plenty of, to fill in the, uh, the gap sports wise here because it's pretty much wall to wall college basketball here for the next, you know, three weeks, three or four weeks. Yeah, it definitely is. And everyone keep your eye out. On that, I'm sure Keith will give it um, a lot of air time and we will cover it on here like we did last year, but um, probably a little expanded this year. So please head over to TGI Sports Talk, check out Keith and Carlos, who Carlos is always worth the price of a mission whether it's live on the show or just in the comment section whether we cloak his identity or not <laughs> i'm waiting i'm looking today to see who he comes in as here <laughs> but carlos is worth the price of admission I'm, and since that's zero i mean that's i don't know if i'm praising him or not <laughs> yep um i was gonna say um that's the time to praise him but Carlos. um please do check over check Keith's content over because it really does make a difference when you see people responding to your content. Um, so if we get started with the Giants who have been quite active this week, we've spoke for a couple of weeks, they want to get their cat number down or up depending whether you're looking at spending or uh, saving a few surprise moves, to be honest, were bigger saving than made and move. And Carl Woodung, um, this wasn't a surprise. The cap number, what he was on, was obvious um, saving to make. I think he will have offers in the market, probably not on the number he was on, but oh. 
this was an obvious move. That said, they've got some decisions to make at tight end because it's assuming Evan Ingram ain't back. They've got some work to do to fill out that position. This year's probably the year to do it in the draft, especially with the capital they've got. But um, some Giants fans were a bit um, sort of upset about this just because of the leadership he offered. But the reality is that cap number was too high, I assume. Whereas his goodbye message was, um, I thought it was a nice touch. I would assume he wasn't willing to rework that deal unless he was and they just wanted to go younger. I don't know. Well, it, there's also the possibility, Dan, and because this happens, people become cast cap, excuse me, cap casualties, and then they get resigned when they find the reality hits them that you know they're not going to do better than the deal the team tried to renegotiate with them. Um, there's still a possibility that Rudolph could come back. I'm not saying that's a you know a, a sure thing or even most likely, but there's still that possibility because they they do need tight ends, obviously, and. Uh, I wouldn't rule out Kyle Rudolph returning. And because, you know, that type of leadership is important, especially to a team, yeah. you know, in the positions the Giants are in, as we've talked about on, on both sides of uh, uh, that, that stadium and locker rooms. Uh, leadership is very important at this stage of their development. I agree. I mean, um, there's not many leaders on that offense uh, that you can think, so who's going to be the leader? Kenny Galladay? I don't think so. Before we talk about... You may go, too. Yeah, well, um, good luck um, reworking. It doesn't strike me someone but will rework it, and uh, I'm not sure how they get out of that deal. Um, a regular viewer of our show and of Northeast Streaming uh, Sports, uh, David Gardet says, uh, good morning, gentlemen. How you doing, David? Good to see you today. David, and a couple David. questions you might want to bring up here, uh, actually, as we talk about New York sports that I really didn't couldn't get into this morning because we we're on college basketball. So, Dave, maybe you want to bring those up today. Yeah, please do, David. We welcome interaction. Um, one of them, well, we wait for that. One move that did surprise me is the move to cut Devontae Booker. Um, I thought he had a good season. And if you're keeping Barkley, who we will get in a minute, uh, two in a minute, he had four and a half yards of carrying behind that O-line. I thought there was value there for the saving what they made of two million. I understand they may want to bring their own guys in and go younger, but it seems like even if they do that, it's a wasted draft pick with each. Not a number one, I'm not saying he is, but I think he's mm -hmm. a good number two and there's value there. So this move surprised me a little just because of they've got a lot of needs and say they go running back in round four, that could have been, at the very least, an O-lineman or linebacker to add. So for what they saved, this one did surprise me and I know it surprised Jim as well was talking about this last night as well. Yeah, I'm a little surprised with, you know, with the lack of depth at the position. I mean, he's not a young guy at 30 years old, and I'm not really sure what his uh, contract situation is. You might know better than I do. But um, even with all that said, I mean, with the lack of depth and the, and the uncertainty with uh, Barkley, uh, I was a little surprised they made this move. Unless, you know, again, it could be a precursor to something else. 
uh, that they've got planned in free agency. You know, <laughs> free agency isn't open necessarily yet, but that doesn't mean teams aren't talking to people, right? I, I think we'd be yeah. foolish to think that they're staying within the rules. Um, yeah. The rules, they're not really rules. They're more or less the suggestions, <laughs> I like to say. I agree. Um, and it did happen combine week, which um, yeah. have they talked to an agent and got the nod, if you will. I don't know. As um, one of the contributors on uh, Let's Talk Sports brought up is someone like Rashad Penny, who is a free agent, maybe someone who could fit what they like to do in the system. Mm-hmm. So, again, that wouldn't surprise me. It'd probably be a similar cost of what they've saved. So, Possibly they just want to bring their own guys in. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things here. And again, hopefully they got a plan. And and we can't be surprised, even even when we see surprising moves, I guess, in our mind. When when you've got a new regime, obviously, as you said, you're going to want to get your people um, that you're comfortable with in the places, uh, uh, in important places, whether it's on a coaching staff or in this case on the roster. And that could be what's at work here. Yeah, I agree. Um, just a brief pause on the Giants because uh, David uh, does follow up with his comment and says, do you think Rob Cloutowski will sign with the Bills? It was brought up that he's interested. I also saw that rumour now. Um, it's interesting. If you ask me now what's more likely, I think it is more likely that he stays retired. He did say he'd only play for Tom Brady, but that said... You don't know. It's easy to say that, but you're long-time retired, so if someone offers him the deal, what he wants, then I could see that happening. That said, with the Bills cap situation, and in this league there's no such thing as a cap problem because you can rework it, but I don't necessarily view tight end as their biggest need. So if they're going to have to let veterans walk out the door because they can't re-sign anyone, is signing Rob Gontowski the best use because you'd probably have to put him on a pitch count, if you will. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'd necessarily do that with their cap situation, but I can see the attraction of veteran leadership and what he offers. But if he does come back, I think it would be someone like the Bills. And um, I think he might also like going up against... Bill Belichick a little bit yeah. in division. He strike. I don't know. That strikes me as a move he would make. You know, it. it I'm kind of the same mind as you. My my gut says that he's not coming back. He only came back in the first place was to play with Brady, uh, get a chance to win again. Um, I think he's retired for good. But as you said as well, if there's a potential for him to come back it's going to be with a team like the bills he's not coming back with somebody who doesn't have a chance to win yeah. and if he in while he's not the gronkowski of you know six years ago or uh by far he's a better player today than he was his last year or two with the patriots i think you saw this year a uh, renewed bounce in his step if you will, a little bit of quickness that i didn't see last year or certainly um his last year with the patriots he looked like a he looked like he was running in cement most of the time um, but you know, if he decided to play and he can bring that level of play to the bills, as you said, on a kind of a restricted, um, basis, as far as, you know, playing time, he can't be out there, you know, for 80% of the plays. I don't think, um, yeah. he would offer something to the, to the bills as far as somebody who's been there and is look at 
as good as that team is, there's not a person that that I'm aware of, and maybe there is in the trenches somewhere that I'm not thinking of. That's that's a, been on a championship team. Yeah, and that is important to have in the, in the in the locker room. Somebody who has that type of experience and knows what it's like to go through those wars uh, when it comes playoff time and when it comes to crunch time. So he'd be he would be a plus to any team, assuming the cost isn't prohibitive, and he can play close to the to the caliber of uh, play he put up last year. Yeah, I agree. And one other thing is, I think the most likely situation if he is to play any time. It's maybe nearer a trade deadline and see him make a shock return awesome. yeah. just because he don't have to go through the rigors of the whole season. So I don't know. Um, David mainly speaks, but whereas I agree that's true, I'm sure he's not hurting for no, money. I don't, so. I don't think this is about money for Rob Gronkowski at no. this point. I mean, David's not wrong. And if he was considering coming back with multiple teams, it, look at if <laughs> I guarantee you, if Jacksonville offered him twice the money that Buffalo offered him, he'd take the less money at Buffalo. Yeah. Right? Yes, Audrey. Um, I think it's the reality is if he comes back, you've got to sell him on your project. My yeah. hunch is uh, um, if the most likely situation again, I think halfway through the season, and if someone as has been rumoured can somehow convince Tom Brady to come out of retirement and they come as a pair. I could see that happening, but I don't necessarily see him coming out of retirement. I know yeah. that's been rumoured, but that would surprise me as well. I but I wouldn't be fooled by the little tiny, these little <laughs> these little uh, yeah. Easter eggs that, or whatever you want to call them that Tom Brady likes to drop about his future. And I think his future is set. He's not coming back to the yeah. NFL. I agree. Um, so just a couple of things going back to the Giants, but Dave, if you stick around, we will. We, I do have a couple of Bills topics. Um, one other, I think, per player we've talked about in regard to the Giants, Cap and Saquon Barkley. Uh, supposedly they're looking to move him, and the feeling around the league is the most they could get is a fifth-round pick, which mm-hmm. I think, to be honest with you, Whereas it's given where you drafted him, it's not a lot. But <clears> given his situation, I think that is more or less fair value. But the Giants, I said to want at the very least a low first, and they're not getting that, in my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'll put, have a hunch you probably agree. So, uh, most people seem to think, whereas they are open for business with him. Some of that's posturing, and they know he's not going anywhere, and they've probably got to use him in some way, but they've got to find the best way to use him, and that probably is more in the passing game and mm-hmm. sort of designed plays. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see how he looks under this stuff, but I don't think anyone's trading for him particularly at that price. No, I don't think so either. I'd be, I'd, I really would be shocked if he wasn't on their opening day roster. Um, and, and I, if I'm a giant fan, which obviously I'm not, but if I was, I don't know that I'd be upset about that. It sometimes takes two years to overcome this type of major surgery as well. And he may very, very well step up his play from where it was last year, which wouldn't be a huge, (laughs) a huge (laughs) lift, I guess. But, um, you know, I think there's a chance that he becomes a a serviceable player again, assuming he avoids further injury. Because sometimes it just takes an extra year for some guys to overcome this type of major stuff. 
I'd agree. I do feel there is a roadmap to him being a better version of himself. But that said, they've got to help him by <laughs> the only way he is reaching a high ceiling is if there's more holes created by yeah. that O line, yeah. and that's if like, they improve it. That's he's a luxury player, if you will. So they need to help him be his best self. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. But this year is not just do or die for his Giants career, it's do or die in regard to his NFL career. So I would assume he'll be motivated, but trust me, he's not playing a full complement of games, even if he has a successful season. In my opinion, history, I could be wrong, you do have outlier seasons, but history uh, teaches us he probably won't. Um, one other, uh, if, he, if he has a year like last year, Danny may be playing in the new USFL <laughs> that come next spring. Well, there is that to it. Or even worse, he could be playing in Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, Jacksonville. Well, I thought I'd keep him in professional football at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one other player we've talked about, the, uh, the Giants may be making calls about is James Bradbury. And... Um, it's picked up a bit of steam this week, and he is a player I think they probably will be able to trade because how his contract structured, whereas the cap number ain't great for the Giants. If you trade him, then it's actually a good deal for the team that trades for him. That said, to one a third or fourth, and I think they probably could get that. The question is just two. He's got a decent cap number for the new team and his play maybe isn't uh, particularly last season, but he had a quite good first year. It isn't to the value of his contract, but he's still if you do the system to suit him, then I think he, he will be in relative demand and I'm intrigued to see where he ends up because there are a few Calling a back needy teams. Uh, would you, could you see a team paying a third or fourth for Bradbury? Uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, there are enough teams, a lot of teams actually, I think, uh, are in need of uh, serious secondary help, specifically cornerbacks. And I think there's enough of a market out there that he could warrant, you know, a third or fourth pick for sure. Yeah, Audrey. Um, and uh, the last name, what the Giants are playing, shall we say, cap uh, gymnastics is Sterling Shepard. They're said to be mm-hmm. reworking his deal. They want to shave around three million off his deal, and that's a lot of money to lose. But yeah. um, I interviewed um, a Giants reporter, and he brought up to me they, have, they still see his ceiling, and... They could easily just cut him and save for money, and that says how much they value him with his injury history that they're trying to rework it rather than just cut him. And I do agree with that. I've always thought if you can keep him on the field, he has a lot of upside. So I'm intrigued to see how this season plays out. And he's said to be willing to rework his deal. The only thing is, if they keep all these receivers in-house, a lot of fans want them to draft one of these receivers. I don't believe they will because there's a log jam of receivers here with Galladay, Shepard, 
Tony. There's just um, not a lot of space in this receiving room. So if they're keeping Shepard, then they're pretty much going as they were last year in this receiver room. Yeah, and it's a gamble. I mean, look, look, I like Shepard. I really do. I think he's been tantalizing uh, uh, in his ability going back to his rookie season when I think he had eight touchdowns in his rookie season um, and showed some great promise. And had another year where he was close to 1,000 yards. His, his biggest problem, as you alluded to, is he can't stay on the field. And if you can't stay on the field, you know, that's your team's not going to have much use for you no matter how much they're paying you. So, um this is an interesting move, and it, it's the kind of thing where, to be honest with you, Sterling Shepard might benefit from a change of scenery as well, uh, and it might be a boost to his career um, to actually get out of town. Yeah, Andre. Um, so before we move to the Bills, David comments, and we will get to the CBA in detail later, but he had with the baseball lockout going on do you think other three major sports will follow with a lockout and no. i would say no um and trust me no sport wants a lockout if you can help it that's why it makes this move by baseball arsenal it only hurts not just the players the owners it just hurts and there's a lot of businesses what depend on the league so what why would you want a lockout it you don't know if the fans will come back and we will get to that later but no i don't think there's any chance of that particularly with the current situation in the world economy now's literally the worst time for that um you know so, just, just to touch on that real quick i mean i don't the NFL did, did a very good job of, of really weakening the NFL uh, Players Association years ago. Um, they're not as strong as the baseball union, which I think this is all about trying to break the union. We'll get into that later. Um, and the other the other leagues are going too well, um, and they're very strong financially, and they'd be foolish to go down this this path led by this the, the clown that's a commissioner of baseball, and we can get into that later. Um he he he's an embarrassment to this whole process in my mind and but that's we can get into that later on the yeah. answer to the question the other sports aren't going to be stupid enough because they're led by much brighter people than rob manfred yeah i agree i mean for example nba one thing they don't want is it, they never want it to stop the money's rolling so no. why would you um even the nhl they're, you know, yeah they're they're fairly strong financially right now it's not going to happen yeah, I agree. Um, so moving to the Buffalo Bills, one um, thing what did uh, get brought up on one of my shows, and I think it's an interesting option should this player fall to them in the draft. be interesting what they do with the draft. Jameson Williams, of course, suffered the injury uh, um, at the end of the college season. If he falls, and he's rumoured to fall around that spot, knowing that he won't necessarily be ready at the start of the season, could you see the Bills taking a flyer on him? If they do, that, if he hits his seed, then that offence will be scary. I do. I would be tempted to go O-line, but you, it would be a similar move, I guess, to what the Bengals did with Jamar Chase. Could you see this being in play for them? Um, I can see that. Um it's it's gonna be, it's gonna 
depend on what else they have depth-wise, I think, um, at the position, uh, whether they can afford to wait. And we don't know yet whether he'll be – I don't think he'll be ready for training camp. No. Um, it's just a matter of how much of the season he's going to miss or if he'll be back for any of it. Um, so if he's going to miss the entire season, then I'm going to say no. I don't think it'd be a good move because it's a team that's ready to win now. Um, but if it's a matter of him missing the first month or – or something like that, then yeah, I would take a flyer on him because I do think he's uh, uh, the type of player that would really fit the Bills' offense uh, well. Um, I mean, it's, and <laughs> you've got some other weapons there that uh, you add this one to it, they're going to be nearly unstoppable. Still need a running game, um, yeah. but we'll see what happens there. Um, it, it, he's going to be a very interesting case come the draft, whether it's the Bills or somebody else. Who's going to take the chance on him when he may not be ready to play for some time? Yeah, I agree. Um, Have you seen a timeline on his return next year? Um, I think the rumor is he would miss a month to six weeks. With okay. If that is, then if you're a contender and you've got a decent uh, receiving call, then yeah. you're okay with that. Sometimes it works for you because it's sort of like a new addition um, to freshen up the offense, and injuries happen. So if you have picked up an injury, you've sort of replaced them in-house, if you will. So I think it's interesting. Um, if he does fall, I could see the temptation there if you add him opposite to Diggs. And, um, With him and then... Davis uh, and Knox, yeah. Yeah, that. I mean, there's some... Like, that's a plethora of it seems every every week last week there was a guy stepping up I never heard of before, you know, getting three or four touchdowns or five in the case of Knox. Um you know, gosh, I don't know. It's hard because you gotta remember, even though he's gonna miss four four to six weeks, as we just talked about with Barkley, with young guys especially, you don't know how they're gonna respond to their first yeah. major injury of their career. And it may take them uh more than you know, the normal uh, recovery time to, to be back to anything close to themselves. So um, yeah. with that said, you know, he's going to get drafted and he's going to get a bunch of money no matter where, what, you know, what we say here. So Bills would be an interesting yeah. spot for him for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. If I'm them, I'm more inclined to go guard. But if um, he's available, I can see how that would be tempting. So um, we will see. One other bit of news, and it's connected to the giant thing, is the Brad, James Bradbury has been rumoured to come in. They could maybe be put in a... They've certainly had talks about trading for him, and that would be... In, they've got good secondary, but this does make them better. I could see this maybe happening, particularly if they rework some of their deals in-house. Yeah, that's intriguing as well. I mean, as we said, for especially if you can get them for a fourth-round draft pick, that would be a great move for the yeah. for the Bills uh, to add that caliber of player, uh, for, even if it's just depth in your secondary. But I, I think he'd end up being a starter there. Um, yeah. So I would like that. If I'm a Bills fan, I would I would think that would be a, a good move. Yeah, I agree. I would be a player of that caliber in the fourth round, so. Yeah, I agree. And also, Giants are desperate to move on to him. I would try and swing it for next year's draft pick. Even better, yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Patriots. 
one of the biggest room in Patriots land is that um, they've had calls about the Falcons potentially trading for Kelvin Ridley and they won a second and Chase Winifred would this would support I can't say um, this doesn't seem like a Belichick move to me I'm not sure I'd do it either maybe a second but I still don't whereas I can see the value in that I don't see Belichick doing it but I can't see him including Winifred as well on top of that so I don't see it as a likely move you know the team far better than I do um where do you fall on this no as I'm as intrigued as I am by the the talent of Calvin Ridley uh the erratic behavior that he's displayed over the course of the last year and a half or so lead gives me enough pause for cause that I'm not giving up a second round draft pick and Chase Winovich for a question mark that I don't even know if I'm going to get on the field. And that's, this is not a Bill Belichick move. He's brought in question marks before and done very well with them, with Randy Moss, with with Corey Dillon, with uh, – there's other guys that are – Antoine Smith back going all the way back. Um, but he didn't got, give up major capital to get these guys yeah. um, as far as draft picks or players. And I don't see him reversing course and doing that. Yeah. At, at this point. And again, you got to remember the contract that you got to bring on with Ridley as well. I'm not sure yeah. what his, uh, his base um, is. That, that was the thing that I was going to say. There's a second question mark of the contract. After um, this year, you'd have to look into paying him and say everything goes well, which is the hope. He's going to want top receiver money and you've got to be prepared to pay that. So if you're giving up a second you're not moving on from him after a year particularly if you put Rinovich in the deal as well so you've got to be prepared to pay him yeah. top dollar and I don't see that happening so whereas it's fun for like fans to say yeah do this deal I don't see it happening for multiple reasons yeah, and plus we have to remember when it comes to, to money, they've got 10 or well, 9, I think, because Jacoby Meyer, I believe, came to terms yesterday, um, 10 of their own um, uh, free agents, uh, unrestricted free agents to deal with in this offseason. Some of them are key players that they've got to bring back to the fold. I'm not saying they got to retain them all, uh, but there's some key guys there uh, that they need to get back in the fold. So that, that has a come into consideration when you talk about spending money now or even down the road. So, and then look at, as I said, if, if everything was equal, then I'd say, look, it's a no brainer second round draft pick for a player, of the caliber of Calvin Ridley. But again, too erratic, too erratic uh, for yeah. my, for my taste. Yeah. Audrey. Um, so one other rumor is that, Patriots around draft time will be looking at returning to Oklahoma well, if you will, adding guard Mark Reese Hayes. Um, would you see this as a good move? Uh, obviously, he's got some familiarity with Stevenson being a teammate, and I'm not going to say I know loads and loads about him, but from everything I've read, he seems like a great prospect and the sort of region you would probably pick him with where he's expected to go so i could see them maybe doing this i can do that i mean they need they do need to get some depth and and maybe even quality improvement on the offensive line 
I don't know if that's their number one priority. Um, to me, this uh, some help in the secondary again at cornerback. Um, you know, Giants could be a player with the Patriots in, in that regard with Bradbury. I'm not sure that they'd be out of the mix for that either, depending on the pick. Um, wide receivers we talked about and linebacker and, and getting uh, more athletic at linebacker might come up before the offensive line in my mind. So it all depends on, on how high they got to go to get him, uh, whether they're going to pick him, uh, you know, as, <laughs> and bring him into the fold. They've had good luck, as you said, uh, at Oklahoma now with, uh, with Stevenson. So I wouldn't see, I could see them going back to that. Well, it's just a matter of, I think we have to see what other uh, pieces fall into place before before I'm willing to make that call. Um, With with what, still a month, I think? No, I'm sorry, probably close to six weeks until the draft, right? Yeah, I agree. The reality is we'll know more in about three weeks' time because free agency is always a precursor of what holes you fill and what holes you want to fill during the draft. Um, And I agree with you. Whereas a lot of fans are talking about receiver, linebacker is probably just as high, in my opinion, get a bit more young and athletic in that position. Yeah, linebacker and and wide receiver. But the Patriots haven't had good luck with wide receivers in the first couple rounds, so I hope they don't go that way. I I hope they stick to defensive, defensive line, linebacker, or combination. I know there's an edge rusher. I'm trying to think of the guy's name from Penn State that they're – I think Mel Kuyper might have predicted with their first pick. Um, um, and another lineman from, uh, I want to say, Minnesota, uh, that they they're, have been very uh, big in the mock drafts up until now. But, you know, mock drafts are called a mock for a reason. But uh, yeah, Patriots have – you know, for a team that's, that's had as good a season as they have, they do have some holes that they've got to address or – they could easily regress next year, and it's important. This is an important offseason for the Patriots, both with free agents and with cornerbacks, or cornerbacks, and and in uh, the draft. And uh, as I said, secondary wide receiver linebackers to me come above the the offensive line right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, a live comment from one of the new uh, channels on that's talk sports sports buffoons. A shout to them uh, adds. Defense might be the priority for yeah. New England after free agency. I agree. Um, thanks um, for your support. Um, the guys over there um, do a great job. They talk sports, and as the name would suggest, the phones, um, they don't take things too seriously. So please go over there, give them a follow. They've also made a post in the group page They're looking to do a mock draft nearer the draft and looking for most teams covered. So please go over there and help them out, any members of the community. I know they would appreciate it. That's the first I've seen that name, so I have to check them out myself. Uh, yeah, and they do a great job. Uh, they're mainly, uh, they do a lot of Chiefs content, but they talk all sports, um, do a lot of baseball um one of their contributors, their relative is, I believe, a hitting coach over at the Brewers. So they sort of um, have him on from time to time. So they're worth a follow if you're a baseball fan. Admittedly, you may have to wait a while for some of the relevant content, but um, we'll get. So I got my early baseball. <laughs> 
Oh. Um, so um, moving on. Moving on to um, the Jets, um, as it always does, Jets' uh, social media got crazy at the beginning of the week with the news that Robert Sala and his coaching team wasn't going to become combine to me. This was a non-story, and I think you'll probably feel the same. Um, to me, I can see the benefit of the combine, but most of it's just through the general manager and maybe some of his scouts getting a read on some of these players. Not so much referation of their play, just maybe how they fit into your culture and so forth. And also maybe the odd uh, sort of illegal tapping up during free agency. But to me, I don't have a problem with Robert Sala and his staff staying behind, uh, looking at the tape for both the draft and also preparing for free agency. And I know a lot of other teams did the same before 49ers. Uh, to me, this is a non-story. I think the fans build up will combine more than what the Federation, uh, people in the Federation process do. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The combine is, you know, while it serves a purpose, it's totally blown out of proportion in my mind, Be partly because of the NFL marketing machine. That's why the fans blow it out of proportion, right? Because the NFL marketing machine is, they're just genius in what they do. They keep themselves in the news 12 months a year. Right. We just ended a Super Bowl and we're talking about the combine. We're going to get out of the combine. We're going to be talking about free agency. Then we're going to be talking about the draft and we're going to talk about OTAs. And it goes on every month of the year. And the NFL does a brilliant job of it. But I don't think the combine, the combines for football, NFL geeks who just want to dive into, you know, nonsensical metrics that don't mean anything to the rest of us because. All I need to know about the combine is one of the worst guys ever to perform at the combine and is probably the greatest player of all time. So yeah. Tom Brady was one of the worst players ever to visit the combine, just by what by their standards, right? So yeah, I agree. It's a great marketing tool, and it just yeah. right away, it. I, yeah. you, I saw them put up the name. That's the guy I was trying to think of. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for that, uh, guys, and. Um, <laughs> So, any Patriots fans, be sure to check out Arnold Ibike. I'm probably butchering that name, but... We uh, need more Smiths and Jones in the NFL, and I can tell you right now. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely do. Really correct to say that, sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um, one other topic was Douglas Journey's interview said... He's going to be aggressive during both free agency and potential trades. To me, I know a lot of fans are sort of buying into this. I need to see it to believe it because his past couple of seasons, he's more gone down the route of mostly adding guys what hasn't necessarily panned out where they are and took a flyer on. There is a couple of guys who are ascending and he's got on good deals, not expensive deals, but he expects to do good, like Carl Lawson is one, George Fent is another. That said, there's been a lot of suspect deals, Adam Davis from the Lions for Ten million at linebacker, and that was one of the worst deals I've ever seen. So to me, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it, but I will say this, if he's not aggressive this year in free agency or trading for 
uh, start. He's never going to do it because he's had a couple of years now. So there, it's cause and effect. You you can't if he keeps going down the bargain basement, then this is going to be who he is. That said, if he is an aggressive this year, I, I think he's going to be on a bit of a hot seat because there's a whole of what talent needs to be filled in. I'm not sure we can do it entirely during the draft. And he can't keep winning three games a year. He's been, He's had three seasons, admittedly only two drafts. He's, I think he could be on a hot seat if he has a similar season to this year, next year. Well, that's entirely possible. I'm not, you know, when you say aggressive in, in free agency, there's a difference between being aggressive and, you know, looking to fill positions of need and, and really going all in on big name free agents. And I don't think they're in a position yet where they can, you know, be a major player for, for some of the bigger names available, but it doesn't mean they shouldn't be aggressive to try to fill some of the holes they have, because you can't do them all through the draft. No, they've done a pretty good job in the draft. As we talked about last year, specifically, they did pick up with Carl, if Carl Lawson comes back, or uh, yeah, Lawson comes back and is is healthy. That you know they've still that's still going to be a plus add for them. Um, and it's almost like a you know a new draft picker, a new free agent this year because they got nothing out of him last year. Um, but again, I I still think he needs to be. Well, <laughs> I don't know. This will sound uh, like an oxymoron, I guess, but he needs to be cautiously cautiously aggressive. And that overspend for some of the guys, like you know, marginal players we've talked about before, but still be able to fill some of those holes, because this team again is is I think is making the progress they should have made last year. And Jet fans can't get too uh, far ahead of themselves and think, okay, now we got to go all in so that we can compete for the division or the playoffs next year. That's still yeah. probably not going to happen. No, it's not. Uh, to next, me, the year after next, yes. To me, um, what they need to do is fill some holes. And to be, I'd agree with you, to be aggressive, like, for example, the tight end situation, whereas a lot oh, of yeah. fans are dreaming of Dalton Schultz, I, I think you swing for him, but you may not get in with other teams that are running. That said, there are other options, like someone like Mowari Cox from the Colts, mm-hmm. and then you can go a bit younger, tight end as well, to complement him. So it's all about adding trusted veterans. It's not about adding people what ain't panned out at other organizations mm-hmm. and completely swinging, if that makes sense. You no, need it to does. add veterans what you can trust. So it's going to be interesting. Um, and um, we will see what they do. Um, Sports Buffin said, I would love to see Rejects go. Uh, Charles Cross, offensive tackle from Mississippi State, and then Tyler Limbaugh, a centre from Ira for Wilson. Um, it's going to be interesting. Limbaugh, I would have said definitely yes at the beginning of the year, but because mm-hmm. uh, Connor McGovern's play did increase, I don't, they're playing, paying him, I believe it's 11 million this year. So, if they move him to right guard, I think that's possible. I don't see them necessarily going double O-line. I think what they might do is go past Russia and O-line. So depending on how the fourth pick plays out, one out of Icky and probably Tibero will probably fall to them. 
So whatever one um, happens, to, they'll go best player available. And then with that 10th overall, if they go O-line, they'll look for pass rusher with mm-hmm. a bit more value. Maybe someone like Jamal Johnson or someone like that. But I don't see it being receiver at 10 like a lot of fans. And I do agree with you. They need to protect Wilson better than they did this year. They do. But, you know, Thibodeau's... Uh... Thibodeau's a game changer. He's a guy that you got to take if he's available uh, when you pick and then, you know, start going offensive line for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cause and sports buffoons adds yep on Lawson yeah. again, be huge coming back to the team. And that's the thing. They need to add a pass rusher to be opposite to Lawson. And then you've got Trin Williams and John Franklin Myers coming in from the interior and that's how Salah's team should be run. So, whereas I understand fans wanting receiver, well, what are you going to do? Not go for pass rusher? And it's yeah. been, let's yeah. be honest, ages since I've had a he pass rusher. Pass rusher to pass up as well. Too yeah, good. I agree. So, I think you've got to have that protection. If you take receiver, you're not going to have that O-line injection because they probably will go past Russia. So it's no good having that receiver if Wilson <laughs> ends up on the IR. So I think they'll go receiver probably in the second round in this. They hit someone on in the market and one name has come available. I think he will go to a contender, but Amari Cooper is said to be being cut. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with that if you then it, opens up you know what they're going to do in the first round so if they can come to some sort of deal with him i think they should be players but i think he may have bigger ideas if that makes sense yeah i mark cooper strikes me as a guy i'm not sure that you know yes he'd want to sign with a contender but i do think he's probably going to sign where he can get the most bang for his buck he's it's going to be about money with amari cooper unlike we talked about gronkowski right if he comes back it's to get the hardware Cooper, while he'd like to win, I'm sure, is going to be about getting the money first <laughs> and, uh, and and maybe last. But um, so the, will the Jets be in, in play? My, my, my guess would be if they were to bring Amari Cooper and they would definitely be overpaying him with whatever they paid yeah. him. And I don't think that's a good idea. That's the type of move I'm saying they need to stay away from yet. They're not ready for that. Two years, you know, a year down the road after this season, and I'm not saying Amari Cooper – but that type of move, and you could overpay for a guy that you really need, think will help you and help you get over the top. This year, that would be a reach, uh, in my mind, with what that ended up happening to pay him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, sports buffoons adds the Chiefs would make it work for Cooper. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, you can never rule out uh, then going for another weapon because that's how Andy Reid does mm-hmm. things. But I think that They've got to do something with that defense. That said, if they can make the cap work to do both, I think he he would be a good. He would fit into any team. So of course it'd be a good fit, but that would be scary. And to be honest, with the Chargers ascending, I could see them making a power move like this. That would be an interesting move for the uh, for either. You know what? You mentioned the Chargers. The Chargers would be a good landing spot for Amari Cooper yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Particularly if they're letting 
Mike Rearham's walk, which does seem surprising, but they don't seem mm -hmm. intent on even franchise tagging him. So you could see them swapping him in for him. That is mm -hmm. a risky move because whereas King and Aaron is the, probably the best receiver on the team, the one with the best connection of with Justin Herbert is Mike Rearham. So yeah. he'll definitely uh, be interesting. So um, moving on to baseball and i'm sure you'll have some thoughts on this hold on let me the get deadline. my let me, let me get my headache medicine yeah gosh good <laughs> so um the deadline's come and gone and there is i don't think it surprised many of us but was um it there was rumors that there would be a deal late on but you see some of the numbers offered and to be honest with you it it's hard to say this given the amount of money offered and it's a lot of money to most of us, but it was kind of disrespectful. And I think it's a nice change to see players being a little more strong in negotiations. So that said, it's easy to be strong in early March. Will they still be strong come next month? And that's going to be where uh, you see the truth of these negotiations lie because the owners don't mind missing a month. What you need to do is be prepared to miss even the postseason. Then your position gets a bit stronger because um, they can't get some of these deals done what they want to, like the TV deal with Apple until they get a deal done because they don't want to play the players before that. So it's going to be interesting how the resolve plays out for the players. Yeah, you know, there's people out there who think the owners are, are prepared to punt the entire season. I can't believe that because if they do that, then they put all that money, present and future money, TV money at risk. Because you're sitting out a whole season. Ask the National Hockey League how long it takes to recover from that type of thing. It takes forever. They had to pay NBC to put games on. And I'm not saying they'll end up in the same situation as hockey, but Major League Baseball is in a fragile situation when it comes to viewership. People are in the stands. I get it. But viewership is down. Younger people are not watching the game. And these guys are the least um, self-aware bunch of people I've ever seen in my entire life thinking that they're going to get anybody on either side of, uh, of the table here or people to back either side of this table. Because, again, it's millionaires against billionaires. And the face of this thing, Rob Manfred at his his press conference on Tuesday when he's announcing they're canceling the first two uh, series of the of the season and he's making light of it and he's joking and laughing and you know forget about the ball players forget about the fans even the other people you alluded to it a little bit earlier uh dan the other people that are affected by this the people whose work is vendors the people who work in the parking lots the people who run restaurants and 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 businesses and hotels and whatever around the stadiums they're putting all of these people's livelihood in jeopardy it's not just about whether we have sports to watch. It hurts the entire yeah. economy of these cities. And for him to make light of things the way he did the other day is so disrespectful to everybody involved. Uh, it just is another reason I don't know that we can survive the Ram Rob Manfred era. I've said this for the longest time, and I'm starting to think that there's a nuclear option here for the owners, and they think they can blow it up and survive um, yeah. not having a season. When you can just blow yeah. off the first two ser the series of the season, and, and, and you alluded to it, maybe early on they don't care because, yeah, we don't have to pay these guys until they come back. 
which I guarantee you they'll pay for them at the end. They'll they'll pay that money somewhere. And Get odd uh, you know, oh God, I don't know what this is all about. To me, this has got to be about the owners wanting to break the union. Yes, they feel like they're in a position that they can do it, and guys will start coming in and trickling into camp the way they did back in the seventies. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, Audrey. I mean, um, there's a couple of things in regard to affecting people who depend on this who earn a lot less than these players. A lot of it's already done because there's a lot of players what um, sort of depend on these spring training camps, like resorts and um, all sorts of businesses you can't even imagine. Yeah, it trickles, and it uh, down a long ways. Yeah, it does, and um, more people than I even care to think about. So um, the damage is already done in that regard, and it just continued to because there's so many businesses what depend on pro sports, what you wouldn't imagine. But I agree with you. I think there's a bigger thing at play, and we're, I think it's going to be interesting because the one part of the season they actually want is the postseason, but if I'm the players, if you're costing them money at the beginning, you better let play out because that's where your strength comes. Um, I think the optics is terrible, like you said, uh, mm. Mountford laughing about his table, but then he did, golf swing. <laughs> he did call the biggest competition in the sport a piece of metal so mm-hmm. we shouldn't be surprised there and i don't think they realize baseball's in a tricky situation because people who are maybe a bit older will come back to the sport or most of them younger people may not because it hasn't been ingrained in them so the damage could well be done and then what will that do to their bottom line so they need to be careful and the longer this goes on it'll not only affect TV revenue, but also the bigger thing, the sports book revenue, and that you know they want a part of that, so they need to be careful and I think this is going to go on and on, and I think if you want a future for the sport, you want the players to claw some of this power back, so you want it to go on and on, because if this is over quickly, it means the owners have got their way. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to see both sides dig in here. That's what I'm afraid of. And it could go on all spring. I mean, there may not be anything back till 4th of July, maybe. I don't know. And maybe that's what the owners want. Maybe they want a shorter season. I don't know what they want. I really don't know yeah. what they want. But it, it, it's just, to me, I understand the issues very well that are at play here. And there seems to me, to me, if they wanted to make a deal, a deal would have been done long ago. I don't think, I think both sides have, are digging in and they're not going to. Neither one, look, as you said, wants to look like the loser here. And you take pride out of this, guys. This isn't about your pride. And you're, again, it's, it's not even just about the fans. We all talk about the fans. It's everything you just talked about. Spring training shot for a bunch of people in Florida and Arizona that counted on those you know, that influx of money for six weeks uh, yeah. or more. And and now you're talking about the, the these guys in these, in these ballparks across the, the country and cabbies and God, it, it, it goes down to the, as you said, the lowest levels you can think of or as far, I shouldn't say lowest levels, but it trickles down further yeah. than any of us 
really can imagine. And it yeah. affects people's pocketbooks. And they don't care. And, and the problem is, it's not just that it does that, Dan. They don't even care that it does. No, I agree. Um, one last thing before um, we wrap things up, because um, it's 5 2. So, um, moving to NBA, um, we won't touch, because of time, we won't touch on the Knicks. But let's be honest, the situation ain't changed much. The Knicks. Um, how much trouble are they in? We ain't really covered them too much in recent weeks, but this certainly isn't the season they hoped it would be. It yeah. seemed inconceivable, but it's actually up for debate if they actually even make the playoffs. Whereas I think it, they'll probably make it work uh, come um, crunch and die time, if you will. That said, if they do make the playoffs, I don't see suddenly their problems all being answered. Uh, so I think they're in a lot of trouble. I do too. I mean, I do think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll make that the play-in tournament or whatever they call that yeah. uh, that two-game series uh, to act, get in the actual playoffs. Uh, I think they'll get in there, and then they'll be fortunate to win the games to get in there or get into the real yeah. playoffs. I mean, at best – this this is not. I mean, this is not a successful season. No matter what happens here, the, and you're right. The 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 Nets are not getting on a run, you know, and getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's not going to happen. Not the way they're constituted now. Not as long as all this controversy surrounds this team and Durant can't stay on the on the uh, on the court and and Kyrie only plays half the games and oh gosh, man, oh, Kyrie. Oh, oh, I agree, and also. <laughs> the last thing Durant wants is to be playing the play-in either. He, I'm sure he would have hoped to have that as R&R time. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And they've gone from, can we get Kyrie on the court? Can we get Simmons on the court? Yeah. So that's another yeah. headache. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm sure we'll talk more in depth about this other weeks. And we will next we talk about the March Madness and the games and so forth and a profile. Real quick on the Nets, uh, Dan, real quick. I know you got to wrap it up, but this is why it was so important for the Nets to win last year, and they were all in. And Kevin Durant's foot being on the line in that game against the Bucks was so important because we knew that was their window because of the age and the injuries and everything else. Now you're seeing the end result. Yeah, I agree. And that's the perfect place to... Um, end the episode um, everyone please do check out Keith's show on Sunday the Sunday stream of consciousness it will be on TGI Sports Talk and also on North East Streaming Sports uh, Roku uh, channel what time does it air on both because I know it's slightly different time on the uh, Sunday Sunday show is live at 9am on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and it's uh, at noontime on uh, Roku Eastern Central Eastern Standard. Please, Eastern Standard. please do check it out and drop Keith a follow. Um, and also thank you to David and um, the guys at Sport Buffins for helping with content, with comments and so forth. Go over and drop Sports Buffins a follow. I know they'd appreciate it. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Me and Keith will be back next Friday and all what remains is for me to thank you for joining me today, Keith. Thanks for having me, Dan, and thanks to everybody out there. Have a great weekend. Yeah.
yeah um and, and all what remains is for me to say until next time this talk sport fans <laughs>